One of the worst parts about Christmas, do you know what it is? It's the waiting. It's the waiting for things to happen. It's the waiting for the gifts, right? If you're a kid, uh, right now, this is the worst day of the year because you have spent weeks waiting. Maybe you have walked by your Christmas tree and your parents have put gifts under the tree and they're taunting you as you walk by them. Some of you right now are waiting for a specific gift, you're waiting to open it, right? My kids, um, I, growing up, I wasn't allowed to open any presents on Christmas Eve. I know some families did that. But for me, you know, so, so our kids now, they're like, well, can we open gifts on Christmas Eve? And I said, well, no, you can't open gifts on Christmas Eve. They're like, yeah, but other kids open gifts on Christmas Eve. By a show of hands, I'm just curious. How many of you had a blessed childhood and were allowed to open gifts on Christmas Eve? How many of you there's like a few of you, like look around, keep your hands up, be, be bold, keep, keep them up. I want everybody with your hands down to look around, okay? Because these people all got the childhood you wanted, all of them. And it was funny, last night after our service last night, a woman came up to me and she said, you know, she said, Josh, I am Swedish and um, we opened all of our gifts on Christmas Eve. I had no idea that that was a thing, but uh, so that was, so maybe that was you. But our kids this year, they said, you know, well, what if we find the gifts. Can we open them? Or, and I said no to that. They said, well, what if we guess what's in them? Could we, you know, I mean, so they're just trying everything. And we're, the thing is, is we're not very good at waiting, but we spend most of our lives waiting. Like for the last couple of weeks, many of you have been just watching packages come, waiting and hoping. We spend our time waiting in lines. We spend our time waiting at, at, at the pickup line and the grocery line. Right, and while we're waiting in the grocery line, I mean, we do our favorite game of watching the person that got in line at the same time as us to see if we had to wait as long as they did. But because we're not very good at waiting. And waiting is a huge part of the Christmas story, and it's a huge part of life. And and many of us, uh, while we wait, we think we're just wasting time. We think we're just wasting time as we wait for that job offer to come in, as we wait for that person to finally pop the question, as we wait for that thing to happen, as we finally just wait. We just think we're wasting time because it doesn't feel like anything's happening. But the reality is, is that waiting time doesn't have to be wasted time. And, and there are things going on in the waiting time. There are things that are happening in the waiting time. And this is one of the things, this is one of the reasons I think that Christmas resonates so deeply with us. It is because as you encounter the people of God in the New Testament, they are waiting. Now, I want to give you this picture because maybe you don't realize this. At the end of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. Now, throughout the Old Testament, if you've read through the Old Testament, you have thousands of years of God speaking to his people of God showing up, of God performing miracles, of God speaking to them through prophets and kings and shepherds, men, women, children. And then all of a sudden at the end of Malachi, there is just silence. And for 400 years until uh, until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is silence from God. There is nothing. There's no prophets. There's no miracles. There's no new words. There's no new new things. And, And the people of God waited. 
and they waited. And, and I think this is one of the things as we encounter the Christmas story, even if we're unaware of how much waiting was in it, this is one of the things that resonates so deeply with us is because we see the people of God waiting and God meets them. And God comes to them and God encounters them and, and God arrives and God breaks in. Now here's what happens. Here's what's really interesting. As you look in the New Testament, you see different people who encounter Jesus as a baby. And, and we see them in the nativity scenes and we, we see them in Christmas lights and in Christmas specials. But there's somebody in Luke 2 that we actually know very little about who waited. And it's a guy named Simeon. Now, here's what's interesting is that Simeon worked at the temple. Now, for a Jewish family, when, when they had a child, they would bring this child to the temple to dedicate them. This was one of their traditions of how they passed their faith down. And so as Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple to dedicate him, many families would sacrifice an animal. And, and this was a way of showing their status. But they didn't have a cow. They didn't have a goat. They didn't have a lamb. Instead, they bring two doves, two birds, which just shows that this is just an unremarkable, blue-collar, run-of-the-mill family that God broke into in Mary and Joseph. And this is why people missed the Messiah. This is why people missed what God was doing, because he came to them in a really common way. He came to a really common family. And when we encounter Simeon in Luke 2, we're told this, that Simeon was righteous and devout, that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, here's what's important. Somewhere along the way in his life, God came to Simeon and said, you won't die before you see the Messiah. Now, there are things in your life, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, there are dreams that you have in your heart. There are things that God has placed in you that you're holding on to. There are dreams that you had for this past year. Like for some of us, this past year, was going to be our year because it was going to be better than the year of COVID. But this past year, for many of us, wasn't really the year we thought it was going to be. And for many of us, we're having a hard time holding on to the dreams God placed in our heart. Now, here's what's interesting. I wonder, every day that Simeon showed up, the Bible doesn't say this, but I wonder if people looked at Simeon and said, man, here comes that crazy old guy again. Like, here comes Simeon again. Like, he really thinks God's going to show up. And we've done this, and maybe, you're gonna, maybe you've been around other people who have said to you, why do you keep praying for that? Why do you keep asking that God will heal that? Why do you even keep going to church? Like, what good does it do you? And maybe you've had these moments where you continue to ask for something, you continue to pray, you continue to seek after God, and you go, man, I, I don't know if it's doing any good. I don't know if it's even moving anything. And yet day after day, Simeon showed up. And he showed up expecting, and he showed up hopeful that something would happen, and he showed up expecting that God would be there. And finally, one day, God was. And in one day, Simeon walks into the temple and knows that God is there, and as he meets Mary and Joseph, and he encounters them, he holds the baby Jesus, and he prays this prayer. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. See, I wonder, I wonder in those 400 years, what made Simeon believe? 
Because I got to imagine that there were people who just stopped believing, who stopped trusting, who just got cynical, who doubted. But yet somehow Simeon held on to a belief and held on to a hope. And I don't know about you, but maybe you've had moments where you've gotten cynical about God and wondered, man, is he, is he real? Is he even out there? Does he still speak? Does he still move? Does he still do things? Maybe you're facing something right now in, in your life where you wonder, I, I don't know that God can even fix that. I don't know if God can even step into that. Maybe there's a situation in your family that you're going to encounter tonight or tomorrow and you just think, I, I, I don't know if God can do anything about that. And you wonder. And I wonder if it's the same thing that people felt in that first Christmas of, I wonder if God will even show up. And yet Simeon showed up day after day, hoping, expecting, believing. And he says, as you have promised, as you have promised. See, the thing that's often easy to miss in the Christmas story is that throughout the Old Testament, God promised he would come. And yet people missed him because they expected God to come as a general. They expected God to come as a, as a powerful king. They expected God to come as an influential person, but instead God came as a baby to a poor family in, a, in an unknown town. And one of the things that I, I've reflected on this past week as I thought about Simeon was one question for our lives. And it says, what area of your life have you stopped expecting God to show up in? And maybe you're here tonight or watching online and you, maybe you're at this place where you've never expected God to show up. Maybe you've never even thought about God interacting or even moving into your life and doing anything in your world. And you have no expectation of God. You have no expectation that God's going to do anything. And yet the people who encountered Simeon and the people who encountered Mary and Joseph in that first Christmas in the temple did not expect God to show up that day. See, one of the things that is easy for us to miss, especially as we think about our family, if you're a follower of Jesus and, and, and you're about to encounter family and friends who don't follow Jesus, here's what's so important. People encountered God in that first Christmas through Simeon's hope and expectation. People's faith was moved. People saw God because of Simeon's hope and expectation and his faith that Christmas. See, it's easy for us to miss. It's easy for us to privatize what we do with our faith and think, well, you know what? It doesn't really matter what I do. You know, I, I'm going to check this off now and no, go do these things. But Simeon's faith impacted other people. So what area of your life, what thing are you facing right now that maybe you've given up hope, you've stopped praying for? Is there a relationship that you've stopped asking God to move in? Maybe it's a relationship that you haven't talked to that person in a couple of years and you've just said, you know, I don't, I don't know that anything could be mended there. Maybe you have a scar, a wound that you've carried around and you just think, you know, I, I, I'm... I just need to keep that hidden from God. I just need to keep that hidden from everything else. Maybe you have an addiction, something that you've carried around, a secret that you have just kept from everybody, and you think, I don't know that God could step in here. What is that one area where you have just stopped expecting God to show up?
Because the Christmas story, what it tells us is that God always shows up. God always shows up. And he shows up through the hope, the tiny, small hope and expectation of his people. So here's my, uh, my encouragement for you. Many of us are going to leave tonight and, and, and we're going to rush through a whole bunch of things, eat a whole bunch of sugar and be with a bunch of people that hopefully you like. But what area of your life, what one area, one thing that you've stopped asking God to show up in, that you need to start asking him to? What's one thing? Just one thing. So here's what I want to encourage us to do as we close and we get ready to sing a few songs together, a few carols. I want you to just take a moment right where you are. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe for you, this is a moment for you to just say, God, if you're real, if you're out there, I'm asking you to show me over the next couple of days that you're out there. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're in this place of seeking I want to encourage you to say, God, here's the one area of my life I need you to show up in. Here's the one prayer that I've been praying and I've been asking, and God, I need you to, I need you to show up. So I want to just give you a moment here, and then I'll pray for us. Say, God, here's the one area of my life I need you. God, as we prepare to see family and friends, to, to open presents and to reminisce, God, it's easy to rush through Christmas. It's easy to push things aside. It's easy to pretend that things aren't there. And so I just pray in this moment, as I know there are so many of us in this room right now that are just waiting for you. We're waiting for you to heal. We're waiting for you to move. We're waiting for you to do something, anything. Because many of us find ourselves in this place where you feel silent, where we find ourselves waiting just like Simeon did. And Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the comfort of God, for the forgiveness of sins. And so God, I just thank you that you sent Jesus who broke into our world, who broke into the common places of our life to a blue-collar family in a no-name town. And God, I pray for those who, who just need to be reminded right now that even as they wait, that you are with them, that you have not forgotten them while they wait, and that their waiting time is not wasted because you Walk with us through all of the waiting times in our lives. In your name, amen.